on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I gotta tell you something. I've had two back-to-back most unbelievable night's sleep. I tip my cap again for Dr. Paul Goslin for just being a doctor and not making me go in and have tests. And he just said, well, take this thing here. z pack is that what it's called, Paul, whatever it is. And I've the last two nights I've been at, I'm telling I'm you. And I, I just shared with everybody. I'm going to share it again, even though I just did in the pre-show. Um, look, here's how the scenario plays out, okay? This is how it plays out, has played out over the last two years. The average person thinks that what we did talk about here is conspiracy theory stuff. So they don't listen to us, right? No matter how much you tell them, they don't listen to us. And and so they go on, they live their lives. And if I had been one of those guys, if I was still coaching football and just all wrapped up in the sports world and everything, and I'm just listening to what the media says, I got this horrible, horrible, it was awful, awful cough. And you know, I've been sick for about three weeks, really. And, and uh, I would have done exactly what my friends would have told me to do. Now, what would my friends have told me to do? Well, they would have said, Coach Dave, you need to go get a COVID test. That's what, right? Isn't that what they do? People don't know what's going on. And so what they, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I would go, go, I would have gone and got a COVID test. And I'd have gone into the hospital and they'd have done that COVID test, poked up my nose and did all that kind of stuff. And the doctor would have walked in and says, well, uh, Mr. Dobbenmeyer, uh, you, uh, you have COVID. And to be honest with you, it's gotten in your lungs and it's settling in there pretty good. And we think maybe we need to get you in here and give you some, some IVs a little bit here and we'll get you get your strength back up. And uh, so we're going we're, we're gonna to admit you into the hospital, Mr. Dobbin. I said, oh, great. I said, well, honey, they're going to put me in the hospital. I'll be good. At, I'll be good here in just a couple of days. And when I got in there and they stuck remdesivir in me, stuck something else in me, and you'd be going to my funeral. Now, does anybody think I'm telling you wrong? Does anybody think I'm telling you wrong? Hey, Paul, that's the way it would work, isn't it, Paul? Isn't that the way it would work? That the doctor, the doctor would just do, he would just do whatever the protocol said to do. He didn't, he wouldn't really care about me, although he would care about me. He, would, he wouldn't really care about me. He's got 20 more people in the waiting room coming in. He's got, he's got to move through this, man. He's got to get this thing done. And the protocol says, do this. They put me in the hospital and the nurse comes in and says, do this. And she does it. And everybody, right? That's folks, that's the way it worked. That's the way it worked. But because of this, this Coach Dave live thing, I was able to call a real doctor and he didn't, he didn't tell me to do any of that stuff. He said, Hey, take this. And I took it and I've had a miraculous recovery. So uh, I, I think all of, we, we need to, under, we need to be sensitive and understand why these things are happening. Okay, folks, people are brainwashed. I'm going to dive, dive, dig into that a little bit. It's control of the mind, mind control. Take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But why can't we take the captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God? Because we don't know what God says, <laughs> right? We don't know what God, we trust somebody else. I got to calm down because I promised Mel she could talk about an initiative we have going on here before. I don't know if she has to go to work today. She usually does. Come on in, Mel. Good morning, everyone. Um, thanks, Spencer. So if you could scroll down to the first um, action there, all authority is given to us to save the children. It's always been about the children. And, you know, we're experiencing this in Ohio now. Michigan experienced it. But it's really always been for decades and probably centuries about the children. See to the woman, see to the serpent. So what, what I've done with this action is I've pulled together some of the resources that we've used over the last year. So you know, recently in September, um, Randy put together some declarations and decrees. So there in that first click box, you can you can print those out and, um, you know, use those everywhere. And in particular about this issue, or if you have an issue in your state, you know, you can go and declare and decree these things. So for issue one, 
we're calling people to, you know, to declare these at your board of elections. Um, you know, in, in the battleground state of Ohio, you know, there's some issue there about issue one. So if you if you're in Ohio, definitely be familiar with that. If you're in another state and want to know what in the world's going on in Ohio, go ahead and just click that and you can see the wording on that. Down below that, the we're joining with the Intercessors for America. And um, what they're doing is, you know, they've taken the idea of staking. They didn't know about staking until we kind of shared with them, you know, what Steve Hemphill is doing with Active Faith. So what they've done is they've taken that idea and run with it. So all these, you know, vote no on issue one signs, um, they're asking us to, you know, to think of those as stakes. You know, they are metal stakes going down on the ground. And so they're praying that all the hundreds and thousands of, you know, vote no on issue one signs around the state, that those are those are actually stakes. So let's think of them that way and pray, pray that the Holy Spirit would, would, would do that. Scroll down a little bit more if you would, Spencer. So this is a multi-pronged um, initiative. So this next one is pick four. Randy had alluded to this during a previous show, and I thought it was a great idea. If we could get 22 people in Ohio to volunteer, to come together, you know, all in one day, we could fan out around the state, go to the Board of Elections in all 88 counties. So, you know, 22 people, each person would have four counties, and we could get this done in pretty short order. We don't have a lot of time between now and the no. November election. Well, they're voting right now. They're voting right now. This group is amazing. We could pull 22 people together. So if you're interested, there's a click box there to contact the Liberty Action Network, and we can make that happen. Let's make this happen, folks. Let's make this happen, all right? We need 22 people. You can find a couple of people with you who will pick pick four states in Ohio and just go just go stake them. Just go stake them over issue one. Is that right, Mel? Want to do it over yep, issue four one? counties? Four counties, coach. But yeah, okay. definitely yeah. Okay. four counties. You know, we could fan out. We could get that done. Um, Spencer, if you would go to the the um, events tab, please. I was contacted by the resistance chicks, and they are putting on a night of freedom. Go ahead and click into that, if you would, please. Uh, a Night of Freedom at Neil Peterson's Church at Harvest Revival. Now, get this. It's on October 31st. How amazing to have a Night of Freedom, healing and deliverance. They're going to be praying all night to a rally to protect Ohio's children. So they're bringing in the issue one stuff. And then they're also going to be offering a time of, you know, personal healing and deliverance. I think that we all need to be, you know, making sure we are a good temple for the Holy Spirit. The other thing is that these rallies are happening simultaneously in three in three states, Ohio, Oregon, and California. So what a great opportunity, you know, for those in Ohio that can get to Dayton that night. I'm thinking about taking a day off work the next day because it's going to be a, an all-night prayer. So, um, you know, what a great thing to be doing, you know, on this evil night of October 31st. So I encourage you to go to thelibertyactionnetwork.com, get information on the, the combined action in this event. And um, get active. Thanks, Coach. Man, that was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. Uh, 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 we're going to we're going to get better, more organized on this. No, my, it's my fault. I've been, I've been, my butt's been dragging. We're going to get more organized on this and have a have a, a coordinated initiative. Uh, if you could, real quick, I want to pull up Spencer. I just sent you a standalone, a standalone email, and uh, <clears throat> this things are really getting serious, folks. Things are really getting serious. And it's a uh, federal, federal, it says what, Federalist 28. Uh, this was written by uh, Alexander Hamilton, Federalist 28. I don't know if you guys have ever read the Federalist Papers. He said, if the representatives of the people betray their constituents, there is then no resource left but the exertion of that original right of self-defense, which is paramount to all positive forms of government. The persons entrusted with supreme power become usurpers. The citizens must rush tumultuously to arms without concert, without system, without resource, except in the courage, except in their courage and their despair. And so I, I'm, go, I'm going to try to try to make some connections here this morning that uh, look. I'm going to keep hammering some things that are making some of you uncomfortable. All right. I'm going to start hammering some things. And I'm I continue hammering some things. I'm going to ask you something. You guys all believe, uh, many of you who come sliding into this show, 
we're all, we're all stuck with our own uh, theologies we've all spoken about, right? You're all products of what people have taught you. And for years and years and years and years and years, we've been uh, under this idea of dispensationalism, and I'm not going to argue about it. I'm not going to argue about it. But we know that we were warned in the book of Jude that evil men have crept in unawares and they changed the truth of God into a lie and they worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. And if we're not smart enough to understand that the enemy, Satan, the enemy of our souls is a liar and the father of lies. If we do not understand that the way he advances his kingdom is through lies and distractions and distortions, right? Lies, huh? If we don't understand that, if we don't understand that Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, call him whatever you want to. His number one weapon and his number one goal is always an attack on truth. Somebody can say amen. And if we don't understand that everywhere you see truth, he will counterfeit it. He will counterfeit it. Oh, yes, he will. And yes, he does. And yes, he has. And we've been warned that evil men were going to creep in. John F. Kennedy said that we were going to get overthrown through what? Infiltration? Huh? Yep, not in, uh, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And it's happening everywhere. And I'm going to tell you something. One of the most infiltrated places in America is that pulpit in your own local church, okay? And I don't care who your pastor is. He may be the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm going to promise you this. What he knows, he learned from someone else. You stroking with me here? You guys all stroking with me? And if we don't begin to understand, I've been saying, look, I know genius. I know genius. But I've been saying for how long? Where's Islam? What happened to Islam? Well, right on cue. Right on cue. They ran out of COVID. They ran out of all that. They're just a bait and switch. Just continue to keep the ball moving. What happened to Hawaii? Did anything go on down there? Didn't that place burn up? Anybody know what the heck happened there? What? Now we got what? Now down in Louisiana, they had salt water coming up into the Mississippi River. Then that went away. Now, why? They had a big fire down there. What kind of fire? They had cars that ran each, into each other in some type of uh, unheard of fog where fog and smoke came together. And it was like 100 cars on the on the bridge. It's coach. But folks, they continue to move the ball on us. Amen. And unfortunately... Most of us, including, except you guys, except those of us who are awake, we are, the the average person does not have any idea what's going on around them. Let me say it even worse. The average Christian doesn't have any idea how much the devil is manipulating the body of Christ. In fact, the devil somewhere along, uh, somebody smarter than me, uh, what was that guy's name? It came along. Oral Roberts built him a university. And whether we want to admit it or not, whether he's your number one go-to guy, Oral Roberts changed Christianity. He changed it. What? With charismaniac. And what's that other guy, that other crazy guy out there? The one's got the big eyes. What's his name? Oh, come on. Uh, oh, anyway, folks. They took the gospel of the kingdom and they made it something that it was not. And today, modern Christianity is being taught something that the gospel is not. And what does that matter? Because he warned us that evil men, Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, they warned us, Oral Roberts, that these men were going to creep in and they were going to change the truth of God into a lie. But we don't want to believe it, see? We don't want to believe it. And we are sitting under a strong delusion. Why are we under a strong delusion? Well, this is from the Holy Spirit because it tells us in 2 Thessalonians that because we rejected the truth, God would send a strong delusion that they would believe a lie. And whether you want to admit it or not, Israel in 1948 became Israel by the United Nations and the Rothschilds. And the Masons. If you, I, I'm, I'm just telling you. Now, whether or not it's God's, it's God's chosen people, uh, you can argue all that one too. But you better realize that it was the Masons that made Israel what it is today. Sorry. Sorry. You can go watch somebody else. Or you get your eyes open and see and understand exactly what's going on. And if you can't see that over the last how many years, the United States of America, the apple of God's eye at one time, right? The the nation that took the gospel of the kingdom to the world has been financially ruptured. 
Where? Where have we been financially ruptured? Anybody want to tell me where most of our money's been going? Anybody want? Huh? Why? The Middle East. Over in the Middle East. Trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars to the Middle East. And I was just reading today, just saw a clip. Of, I don't know if I get a chance to play. We don't even, we can't even defend our own country anymore. We don't, our, our military's down. Our Marines are down. Our equipment's outdated. And most of it been given overseas. Folks, would that be a strong delusion? I wonder. I wonder if that would be a strong delusion that they would tell us that we have to invest everything we have in the Middle Why do we have to invest? Why do we have to invest everything we have in the Middle East? Why? If God's in control, then why can't we just say, well, God, you're in control. Do whatever you're going to do over there, Lord. But we can't. Why? Because of theology. And the average Christian has no deep understanding, as we tried to show the other day, and I'm still fighting, I'm still getting emails of people trying to convince me that that the Jews are God's chosen people when we are told in the Scripture, there is no Jew, there is no Greek. Oh, man, I'm not a theologian, but I'm telling you, somebody's pulling a fast one on us, that's what I think. That's what I think. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Righteous Israel, huh? Righteous Israel. See, some of you guys are getting so nervous because we've been told this stuff by the guys I just mentioned to you for how long? The prosperity gospel, huh? The name it, claim it, the healing gospel, all that stuff, I agree. But every bit of it was self, what? Self-enhancement. Everything of the gospel being taught, we are not being taught at all anymore for you to lay down your life. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. No, we're being taught he laid down his, and he did. But he did not lay down his hand for you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. I'm sorry. He did not lay down his life for that. No, no. He laid down his life that I might lay down mine. And then when I laid down mine, he picked up mine. And the life that I now live, I live through and for him. But the modern gospel that we're seeing out there today is not that. The modern gospel today out there is name it, claim it, get as much as you can, and then hide and wait to escape. I'm I'm just telling you the way I see it. Do the Catholics believe in the rapture? Do the Catholics believe dispensationalism? Well, why not? Why don't they believe it? To the press, I don't, I don't, I don't, look, I'm not, some of you get nervous because you feel like I'm attacking your faith. And that's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm doing. But I'm telling you that there is something seriously wrong in Christianity in the United States of America. Would anybody give me a boom? Does anybody think it's just me? Bam. Is this the Christianity? Bam, it's not you. It's not just you. It's not just what? I agree with you. Okay, I agree. There's something seriously wrong. And so we come here every yeah. day. And I just want to I just want to tell you the truth. I want to show you what I what I've discovered. And people get mad. They get mad. Look, I you you believe whatever you want to believe. I'm just showing you evidence against what Pastor Billy Bob told you. Who sat under Kenneth Hagin and Kenneth Copeland or Roberts? Tracking with me out there? Am I tracking? And what did the Bible say? That evil men were going to creep in. And that Jude? Is that Jude? That evil men were going to creep in unaware. What were they going to do? They're going to turn the truth of God into a lie. And they're going to worship and serve the creature more than the creator. And can somebody tell me? Tell me I'm wrong. I'm I'm willing to listen. Huh? There's Rick Warren and all those guys. Yes or no? Was their Christianity all about you? You. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. 
ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. See, we don't even know most of those words. And denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And we were told to earnestly contend for the faith because these dudes were going to try to creep in and change, uh, change Christianity. And I would say that the modern American Christianity, for the most part, bears no resemblance to the faith of our fathers. None. Amen. Amen. And how's it happened? What's well, happened because of what we're doing right here, media. When they created that, what, what was that satellite they put up there? Star Angel, what's Angel, whatever. When all of a sudden they could get that satellite up there and get Oral Roberts and those guys preaching that gospel onto that satellite into your home, America changed. Hey, you can go, go someplace else if this bothers you. If you cannot look at the truth and understand that the church is being manipulated by ungodly forces, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Hmm? John 10. Pull up John 10. Because many I get new, we get new viewers every day. We get new viewers every day. And if I read one more time that the devil has come to kill and to steal and to destroy, if I read that one more time, I'm going to barf. Because that is not what it says. Are you, are you looking at me? The devil may come and kill and steal and destroy. He may do that. That's his nature. Probably is. But those of you who keep quoting that, that isn't what the scripture says, dudes. It ain't talking about the devil. And I've done this a hundred times. I'm going to do it a hundred and first. Verily, verily, I say unto you that he that entereth not by the door into the church, that's the sheepfold, isn't it? Isn't that the church? And how did he enter in? Oh, he didn't come in. He didn't come in the door. He came in over cable TV. He came in over the satellite. Same as the, th the guy that comes in over the satellite, rather than getting to know him up close and personal, rather than building multi-mega churches, and now campuses, churches with campuses, right? Say, stay right there, man, John. Don't get ahead of me. It is Johnny today. I don't know. Isn't it Spencer, whoever it is? Stay right there. Stay there, number one. Because you bet, folks, you better chew on this thing hard. You better chew on it hard. Verily, verily, I say unto you that he that comes into your house and he's preaching the gospel and he comes in some other way through the cable TV, that dude's a thief and a robber. So it says, I'm, I am, but he that entereth not by the door. Huh? But he that entereth in by the door is the sheep of the shepherd. The guy that you know, and huh? Huh? the guy that you know. Not this big star on TV that can, not that, not that mega church with 10,000 people going every Sunday and acting. No, no, no. Oh, I'm stepping on some toes. To him, the guy who comes as shepherd of the sheep, the porter opens the door. Who's the porter? Well, that'd be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit opens the door, and the sheep hear the Holy Spirit's voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. And then what does he do? Does he build a bigger church? Why, no. He leads them out. What? Yeah, the real pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. He calleth his own by sheep and leads them in. And says, go get more people and bring them in here. Go get more and bring them in here. Is that what's that? That, no, it doesn't say that. No. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he doesn't just send them while he goes before them. What? Oh, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't send somebody to the school board meeting. He takes them to the school board meeting. So it says. And when his sheep go to stand up at the school board meeting, he goes before him. And the sheep follow him. Why? For they trust him. They know his voice. Oh, but a stranger. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They ain't going to follow him. Uh-uh. But they're going to flee from him. Why? For they know not the voice of strangers. You know what the problem is out there, friends? You haven't recognized the voice of strangers yet. You're listening to the wrong voices. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. This parable spoke Jesus unto them, but they still didn't get it because they were, they were leadheads. They were, they were brain dead. You know what it says? Huh? Jesus said this unto them, but they didn't get it. 
Because <laughs> their denomination has it right. Their pastor's a good one. He ain't good. And he, so he says, wait, 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 wait. So they didn't understand it. So he says, okay, dudes, let me tell you again. I'm the door of the sheep. Jesus said, I'm the door of the sheep. Okay. <laughs> I'm the door. And all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. The religious system that came before me. I think, isn't that what he's talking about? All those who came before me? Who would that be? All those who came before him. He said they were thieves and robbers. Because why? All throughout the Old Testament, they're being led to the shepherd. They're being led to Jesus. And Jesus says, here I am, and they don't even, rec- they don't even recognize me. Why? And here, I'm the door. If any man enters in, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. There's liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Here you go. You ready? The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy. Who does, Myra? Who comes to kill and steal and destroy? The devil? The devil? No. No, no. Esther. Go back to verse 1. Go back to verse 1. Remember, he's telling them again. He's telling them again. They didn't get it. He said, let me start again. Okay? I am the door. By me, if any man or any shall go and say, uh, now go back up to one. Go up to the number one, Spencer. Number one. Barely, very Cindy. He that doesn't come in through the door is a thief and a robber. He tells them at the very beginning who the thief and the robber is, and it's the uncalled pastor. They, they don't get it. So it's okay. Let me tell you again. Go back to 10. Go down. Go down to 10. Let me go back. So let me tell you again. Thief cometh not to kill, but to steal and to kill and destroy. I've come that you might have life and have more abundance. I'm the good shepherd. Good shepherd gives his life. But he that is an hireling, remember, he's retelling what he already told him. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not. And Kenneth Copeland cares about you. He sees the wolf coming. Boys and girls, there's the devil. The thief sees the wolf. Does anybody have any English conjugation other than me? Subject, verb, to, huh? He that is a hireling and not the shepherd, all right? Who's owned the sheep or not? <laughs> he makes it very clear who he's talking about here. He's making it pretty clear. The hireling. And he's not the shepherd, he's only sheep or not. The hireling does what? Why he sees the devil coming. And what's he do? He leaves the sheep. He flees. And then the wolf catches him and scatters the sheep. But the hireling flies, flees. Because he's just doing it for a job. I didn't care for the sheep. So, back up to John 10, 10. And then, then I don't know how I got on this, but I'm going to stay on it a second. The thief cometh not but to steal and to steal and to destroy. And I've come that you might have life and more abundantly. So, friends, all together now, verse 12. Who's the thief? He that is a hireling and not the shepherd. There is your thief. And I would say this, however righteous, uh, uh, what's his, Oral Roberts was, all those guys that we've all worshipped all throughout modern Christianity, when all of a sudden everything went from the, the miracles of God empowering you to do God's work now to the miracles of God empowering you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Does anybody see the transition other than me? It's what we're dealing with. It's what we're dealing with. And the hireling pastor found out that, man, if I just get in there and I start, oh, man, I start t- teaching on prosperity and start teaching on healing, so, wow, I'll be able to fill this church, probably. Now, think about those of you, some of you have gone to a church, maybe it's got a 1,000 people in there. Anybody want to take a bet as the pastor even knows anything about you? How can anybody pastor you doesn't even know you? Be like me going in coaching the Ohio State Buckeyes. They don't listen to me. 
They're not listening to me. I'm not their coach. All right, Lord. So go to number one. I'm going to show you a problem. Hey, right, folks, I, I see somebody want to come. I'll get you in here in just a second. Right? Those of you who aren't mad at me, I don't care. See, we want a king. We have a king. We have a king. We have the king of kings. But we want a king. It's First Samuel 8, I think it is, isn't it? And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his first one was Joel, and his name of his second one was Abiah. They, they were judges. What? Oh, yeah, they were judges in Washington, D.C. And his sons walked not in his ways. But they turned aside after lucre. That'd be money. Love of money is the root of all evil. And took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of America gathered themselves together and went to Washington, D.C. And said unto them, Behold, you're old, and your sons don't, they're not Americans anymore. Now make us a king. Give us Donald Trump, will you? Give us a king, and he'll take care of all this for us. But the thing displeased Samuel when he said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord, and it said unto Samuel, listen to my voice here, dude. Huh? Hey, my sheep, hear my voice. Another voice they won't hear. Hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto you. For they have not rejected you, Samuel, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Would somebody say amen? If you're tracking with me here, would anybody say amen? Huh? Amen. 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 According to all the works which they have done since that day that I brought them out of England and made them a nation unto this day wherewith they have forsaken me and they've served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto your voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him for a king, scroll down, please. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you, boys and girls. He'll take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, to be his army around him. Shall run all around the world. Hmm? And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties. And they'll start a big city there in Washington, D.C. And you ever want to go talk to him, they'll throw you in jail for even showing up. And he will set them to hear, to ear his ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war, and the instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries, to be cooks, and to be bakers. Oh, yeah, they're going to enlist them all. Going to draft them all. He'll take your fields, and your vineyards, and your olive, and he'll spend all that money overseas. All of that money, all of it overseas. And then he's going to take a tenth of your seed. Yeah, he's going to tax your ass. Pardon me. Of your vineyards. And he's going to give it to the people who work in his office. And then he's going to take your men. And then he's going to take your women. And he's going to take your goodliest young men and your animals. And he's going to put them to work for him. And ye shall cry out in that day. Because of your king, which you shall have chosen. And the Lord ain't going to hear you. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nah, we're going to have the government rule over us. In fact, when the government tells us we have to close down our churches for COVID, we're going to, we're going to obey the government. We're going, to elect our, we're going to elect our own representatives. And even though they may be pro-abortion and even though they may be pro-gay, as long as they're giving us good economic policies, we'll be okay with it. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nope, we're going to get us a king. And that we also may be like all the nations, and that our president may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. 
And Samuel heard all the words of the people. And he rehearsed them in his ears. He said, I can't believe I'm hearing this. The Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto their voice. And give him a king. And Samuel, under the ministers, said, go ye every man into his city. See, I don't know if I can explain this to you. You either get what I just read to you or you don't. And our fealty in America today is no longer to the army of our Savior. Our fealty is now to the army of our nation, the army of our government, to the army of whatever, whatever. And I, I hate to tell you this. No, I don't. One of the most wicked gets to, hey, pick your feet up. Feet up. One of the most wicked societies in all the world is in Israel. Homosexuality runs rampant. They hate Christ. Man, how to win friends and influence people. I'm just telling you the truth. Just telling you the truth. Amen. Come on in, Angie. I wanted to go back and talk about the, and you are spot on with the, the whole, you know, the, the thief that's crept in, because back in the day of Jesus, the hireling was the political system of the Jewish state at yes, that moment, because yes, the Sanhedrin, the Sadducees, and the Pharisees were never, that used to be passed by bloodline, but that bloodline had been so corrupted and tainted, they didn't know who would move, and so they hired people, it was a political system by that. And yep. so these hireling, and that's what we're looking at now. You know, you've got people that are hired into and supposed to a board to be determined to pass the board's inspection of just being hired into your church as your lead pastor. And so that the whole hireling, the whole system of a, of how we do church now is all continues to be rooted down to that Sanhedrin, Sadducee, and Pharisee system of hiring people to come in. Um, we, I don't think we were ever meant to have big buildings and one leader, and, you know, I, I think we're meant to do these at home. We were all meant to have these, you know, to test. And Angie, how about, how about the bureaucrats that we hire in Washington, D.C.? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, same thing. Yep, same thing. But specifically for the church, the people of God, the, the hirelings are these, these uh, systems that we have in place now called... Repeat that. You broke up. The systems we have in place called what? Churches. I mean, it's just the mega churches are the hiring system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amen, amen, amen. Look, folks, far be it from me to do a blanket uh, condemnation of our pastors. I think they've been deceived. I think they're good men. I think they love the Lord. I think for the most part, they have very little understanding of God's governmental structure. I think they have very little understanding of it. And I can promise you this, that the average pastor is far more afraid of the government than the devil. Hey, Vinny, that'd be a good boom. That'd be a good boom right there, Vinny. I don't even know if he's in here. Lou no. come, <laughs> come on in, Lou All right, I'm here. Come on in. Yeah, hey, um, I agree with you 100%. I did theology for over 25 years in the word and everything. Um, and it showed back to the Roman Catholics, which it did state in that, the, the England or whatever it was you were saying, um, that uh, they they turned the Bible into English language and distorted it. It was not exact from the scrolls. So they made a business out of the King James Version Bible. Sorry, but non-Christians, folks. You understand these are not Christian people. Do you understand this, folks? Exactly. Do you understand there are non-Christians in your church? Do you understand, exactly. I'm so, folks? Do you understand? I'm sorry that there are some guys standing in the pulpits who aren't even born again. Do you understand that? Do you understand? That? Yes. Jesus himself called the Catholics, Roman Catholics, hypocrites. It's the truth. Read it. Well, he called the Jewish leaders hypocrites, too. Read that. Yes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Amen. That's Pull exactly up true. Pull up. Okay, so look. I'm, I'm, already, I'm already knee-deep in it. Uh, hang on, Myra. I'm already knee-deep in it. All right? Pull up for me, Rabbi. There bottom. Pull it up for me. Pull it up for me. Hey, look. 
I'm, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of the truth. I'm not afraid of the truth. And I'm not going to believe something just because it's been handed down and told I'm supposed to believe. Okay? Amen. Okay? So listen, listen to this. This is a rabbi. Uh, we have a message for this Nakba day. I don't know what Nakba day is. But listen, go. I have a message for this Nakba day. For this 75 years of occupation, we want the world to know that what is being perpetrated against the Palestinian people, the oppression, the subjugation, the terrible cruelty, is not in the name of our religion. It is not in the name of the Star of David. It is not in the name of the Jewish people around the world who are true to the Jewish religion. Because we are Jewish and because we are true to our religion, we are in total opposition to the existence of the Zionist state of Israel. I call it Zionist state of Israel because it is Zionist. It is not Jewish. Judaism in the Torah forbids Jews to have our own sovereignty, our own entity since the destruction of the temples and Jews true to the Torah never aspire or try to have our own state. We also are forbidden to kill or to steal. The whole concept of taking this land away from the Palestinian people, it is totally antithetical and is contradictory to my religion, Judaism. Jews have always, from day one, stood up against this Zionist entity. We as Jews continue. Because we are true to the Torah, we stand and demonstrate and we cry and suffer and feel the suffering of the Palestinian people. We want the world to know we are in solidarity, we are together with the Palestinian people in their suffering, and we hope and pray to God constantly for the total end of the occupation. We want the world to know that the Zionist movement is not a Jewish movement, it was a political material movement created by heretics and they simply try to incorporate our religion in order to intimidate and silence people and call them anti-Semitic if they stand in opposition. But this is patently false. Anti-Semitic is supporting the state of Israel. It is a cause of exacerbating anti-Semitism by having this occupation. It is a cause of bloodshed of the Palestinians and Jews alike. It is the cause of the oppression of not only the Muslims and the Christians in Palestine, but of the Jews. Hundreds of thousands of Jews stand in Palestine, have lived there prior to the state. They have lived and they're continuing to live till today and demonstrate daily and get brutally beaten and arrested. This is the sad story of this terrible Nakba. It is a tragedy, a calamity, and God with his compassion, we hope, will see the suffering. And even today, the last few days, how you see daily the death and suffering of the Palestinians and the attacks. It's all Zionism, not Judaism. God with his compassion should bring a speedy removal of the Zionist state of Israel so we can once again live together in harmony, Jews and Arabs, as we've had for all these hundreds and hundreds of years, and Jews could show their gratitude to the Arab and Muslim countries for their embracing Jews and giving them a home. Inshallah, soon in our days, Amen. Assalamu alaikum. Wow. Wow. That flips some things on its head. Maybe that, this guy's probably just a heretic, though. Go ahead, Myra. Coach, thank you. In regard to being brain dead and keeping unawares, Matthew, it is written, Matthew 13, 23 to 25. Matthew 13, 23 to 25. But he that received seed into, that received seed into good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth. It, it which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some in hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. Another parable, but the fourth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto man which sow good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among 
the wheat and went his way. Mm. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. I'm already on uh, shaky ground with some of you. Some of you are mad at me already. Uh, so I'll just I'll just go ahead with it. Uh, what if evil men knew that in 1948 the establishment of the nation of Israel? I'm just asking, okay? As Catholic, I don't know. I don't know theology. What if evil men knew that the establishment of the nation of Israel in 1948 would fit Bible prophecy? And that the establishment of Israel was man-made, not God-ordained. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. I'm just asking the question. It's a great one. Go, Tim. Did you say for me to go ahead and go? Yeah, go, go. Okay, me out. Me yeah, out. okay since you're knee-deep in it, let me put you neck-deep in it. Uh, the average person can't read Romans chapter 4 and the book of Galatians to understand the gospel. So if you read chapter chapter 4 of Romans and the book of Galatians, you'll see the gospel clearly. Now, I hate to say this, guys, but if, you, if you've driven into the false teaching of binding and loosening, go ahead and look at Jude. And when they argued over the body of Moses and they said, the Lord rebuke you, look at the Greek word rebuke. And you realize there's no such thing as spiritual warfare, according to the way it's taught. That word rebuke simply means the Lord has judged you. So if you're running around telling the devil, I bind you, I rebuke you, it's nonsense. It has no power. It has nothing to do with spiritual warfare. And Christians, by the thousands, run around rebuking, binding, think they've taken authority over the devil. Sure, you can tie him up, you can bind him, and then 15 seconds later, he's loosed. <laughs> There's no such thing as binding. You can't bind the devil. He's got freedom to go to and fro on the earth. So if we don't get around good pastors that teach it um, and really rebuke the teaching, I like that one, huh? Mm. Uh, if we don't rebuke the teaching and teach people and stand up, uh, we're going to see a whole lot of other Christians being lukewarm. Amen. You know? <laughs> so there you have it. Knee deep, now you're neck deep in that because you allowed me to say that. I just, I just allowed you to say it. Say it. Listen, listen, I, listen. I got. I, give me three minutes. I got a repairman here. I got to go real quick. Randy, you're up, and somebody control. I'm still listening. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Coach. I could go all day with it on this. This is what I love because I believe by understanding the truth of. Uh, who Israel is and understanding our, our, our position now since Christ, uh, the church can really be liberated to be dominant. And, but so I, I hold back a lot I, and I say short because I could roll on this for days, but I will say this, everyone needs to, to pull up a thing called self-fulfilling prophecy and, and you read about it. I want you to read about it. It's a phenomenon, and it's happened, and, and it's going on. And Coach alluded to this just a little bit there when, with the Zionism. They, listen, you, you think God, he, he established Israel as a nation again? No. No. It was the thing called self-fulfilling prophecy because they understood exactly where they stood in, in Bible prophecy, and, and they actually promoted that that's exactly what the ci scofield bible was meant to do so if you'll just put all these dots together folks you, you can come out of some of this and and start seeing what's really happened to this world uh, or you can remain and you know and you can just remain in the safe zone and, and not be challenged so i challenge everybody read self understand self-fulfilling prophecy and understand that it went on and it's still going on right now And I'm going to echo that, Randy. That was excellent because not very many people take the time to study or to really get into the Word. Good job. Amen, Randy. Amen. Amen. Hey, team. Something to be able to just understand a little bit is that obviously there's, you know, you can rebuke things, 
But look, you got to understand who's talking and what's in context. You're breaking you know, for up, example, You're breaking and, up. Uh, you're breaking up, honey. Well, I can hear you guys. So Titus 2.15, you know, speak these things that encourage you to rebuke and have all authority over the devil. Now, there's multiple other areas. A rebuke when you're talking about from a pastor's perspective and them saying they can bind and loose and all that type of stuff, that's one topic. But when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and you're walking down a street, you're dealing with a specific demon that's in front of you or in your presence, you do. You do have power and authority over that. That's what Christ is inside of you. The devil doesn't have any power and authority. So we're talking about different circumstances. So you don't want to put everything in one boat in terms of this topic, because if you're walking around powerless, you got to understand the name of Yeshua, Christ Jesus, has the, is the name above all names. He didn't give it the, the bottom name. He gave it the most high name, the most power, and the most authority. So you are a king. You have Christ inside of you. So you've got to understand that that's why coach walks around different. He's got a different stick. You know what? People are encouraged when you're around them. You know what, the, you know, God, Christ, Jesus inside of you is what brings out the best in people. And so you got to understand, you know what, you can rebuke the devil. You can't have authority over demonic spirits. You got to understand this too, is that what is deliverance? Deliverance. If you've never delivered somebody from the devil or from a, a demonic force, guess what? You're powerless. I've delivered lots of people from demonic forces because I stood in the gap with them and I took authority over their uh, the demon that was inside of them. And so we got to understand there's, there's two differences here. You know, there's a pastor who can walk around and say, hey, I'm binding and loosing. But you got to talk about your own personal relationship. If you're in the fight with the devil, you better darn right know that you have authority over sickness. You better know that you have authority over the, the devil. You better know that you have authority over all, all things. It says it in his word. And so you got to go back to like Titus 2.15. Speak these things as I encourage you and rebuke and have all authority over the devil. So I, I, I'm right, gonna, let's, I'm gonna, let's just make sure that we amen. understand what I'm we're doing speak. here. Because you have got to be like coach, like myself, like other people. No one's coming to save you. You need to walk out there with your shield of righteousness. What is the helmet of salvation? What is the belt of truth? Guys, the belt of truth is knowing your authority in Christ Jesus and speaking those words when you need them. So just I, I got to share those things for you guys. And, and going back to the, let, let me hang on. I was, remember let me, this too. Is uh, Henry Kissinger back in 1948, you talk about this stuff from Israel, the evil men who allowed that setup of that state. He's one of them. Okay, Judah, hang on a minute. Go ahead, Coach. Okay, let me let me split the bath the baby in the bathwater here. All right, here's where I say Tim and Judah are both right. I say they're both right. Uh, I say that we have all spiritual authority. I don't know how we got on this, but let me let me finish here. We have I have spiritual authority against personal issues, family issues. I have areas of which I have authority, but I don't know if I. I think what Tim's alluding to, I don't know if I can bind and loose Satan in general. I, I think I think that's a split. I, I, I take authority, my wife and I, we take authority all the time over the forces of darkness in areas where we have authority. Do I have the authority to bind the devil over Washington, D.C.? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Are, are you with me? You're exactly right, Coach. Exactly right. So that, again, it's the same topic with all, Henry Kissinger. You know what? We don't have, say, the personal authority over the, the entire nation as right. one person, but right. as the body of Christ, hundreds, if not thousands of yes. Christians, we I'm do. With I, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. So again, I'm split, splitting in bath water. I believe in spiritual warfare. I believe in, I, look, I believe, I've lived enough of it, friends. We, we look at the places we've staked. Look what happened down at the Guidestones. You can believe that or not. Look, look at the authority that we exerted when we went. Look when Chad went to wherever that was out there in Texas, what happened out there in Texas. Look what happened when we went to Bill Barr's house. He quit, right? Look what happened when we went to Hillary's house. She's been a non-entity ever since we went there. I believe that we have that authority, but I don't think we understand that authority. 
I, th I think that's I think that's the difference. And I think we watch Kenneth Copeland and these guys run around. They put on their performances on TV in front of everybody, and so we all think that. Uh, you with me, boy? Man, we are down a bunny trail on this one. On this one, here's all I'm telling you: the devil can read the Bible too, and the devil can understand Bible prophecy as well. And whether you want to admit it or not, whether it be the hand of God, the unction of God, whatever, it was Henry Kissinger and his crew of Masonic folks who gave us Israel in 1948. I Ooh. think that's I think that's unmistakable. And as a result, our entire folks, come on now. I love y'all. Our entire our entire foreign policy, both sides. They're more concerned about Israel than they are America. Anybody disagree with me? We're, we won't close our own border. But we want to defend Israel's? What the heck's that all about? Wow, boy, I'm into it now. I'll never get out of it. I'll never get out of it. Come on in, Rochelle. Thank you, Coach. Good morning, team. Um, so let me just address the, the timeline. Listen, I really believe that God, how can I say this? The, God uses the devil to do his dirty work. It, it's scriptural all the time. He sends Israel's enemies in to punish them. And um, Spencer, if you could pull up Jeremiah 30. Now this talks about basically the restoration of Israel and Judah, etc. And this is um, where people are, okay, we're calling this possibly a self-fulfilling prophecy, but I'm saying that this is prophecy. Uh, if you go to three, it says, for behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. Well, when I will restore from captivity, my people, Israel and Judah, I will restore them to the land. I gave them to their fathers and they will possess it. So this is what's, this is the mm, scripture that part, you know, there's others, but this is what's kind of being debated is did this all, when did they ever come back into their land? And, Kennedy, and I absolutely agree that the world pullers, controllers, and shakers created that land for Israel, and they did it. Yeah, fine. I'm not disagreeing. I, I totally can read. I, I agree with you. The Belfort Declaration, all of that. But like I said, God uses the devil to do his dirty work. So, Amen. Uh, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. John Loveland. Go, John. Hey, thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. Isn't it, isn't, hey, uh, it, isn't it fun to just talk to each other about this? Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Go ahead, John. No, hey, we all see things differently. And, and you know what? I, I do agree with Tim in some things and, and what he said. But, and if you think about it, if you look at Luke chapter 10, verse 19, he says, I give you authority to trample on a serpent and scorpion and over all the power of the enemy. So he's given us the authority to do that. And then if you look at Psalm 91, I believe it's verse 13, it says, You shall trample on the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon, shall you trample under feet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you think you're going to go through life and you're never going to encounter a demon face to face, and you're not going to have to take authority over that demon, then what you've gone is you've gone too far over to the other end. I believe, you know, we, we, we're so quick to cast out the demon. I, I've had this uh, conversation the other day with Coach. Jesus said he's, he's, he came to heal the broken heart, then set the captive free. We've totally abused the, the authority that we have, and we're shadow boxing the enemy, and we're not effective at all. Yeah. But it, it, but but the bottom line is, if you think you're going to go through this life and you're never going to encounter a demon, then you're crazy. 
Because you are. Because we wrestle not Amen. against flesh and blood, but against principality, power, rules of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. He said, therefore, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all the stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel peace. And I love the last part of that verse. And this is where Tim stands. He says, above all. So above all, everything we do, we're going to have to rebuke and stand against. But above all, take the shield of faith. That's above everything. That's the main, one of the most effective ways. But we still have to stand against the enemy. We'll amen. still have to. Amen. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. Can I tell you something, folks? So much of spiritual warfare, so much of it is just learning to say no to the devil to the flesh. That is so much of it. Boy, oh boy, Amen. we started a fire this morning. Don't believe it just because somebody else told you. Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. Amen. 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 Gotta, gotta run. God bless you. See you tomorrow.